Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You know what it is? I haven't had enough Invader coffee this this morning. That's ah, what, what are you drinking this morning, sir? Oh, I got a well. I'm running out of coffee, so I, I'll I'll get to I'll get to my coffee choice in just a second. But before we do that, welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented as always by Billy Up Sports, in association. With Godzilla Media, my name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of your co-hosts, and to my right is a man who will be bundling up for sure in Kansas City tonight when the Chiefs take on the Dolphins. That is Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing this morning? This morning, you know, I, the flight the flight leaves right after this. I really got a hustle. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it. Hopefully, I can get a little bit of that KC barbecue before the game. Uh, but in all seriousness, I am fired up today. I am fired up to quote, um, I'm jacked to quote one Pete Carroll, who we will be talking about. You didn't think I wasn't going to talk about that, so, but I am jacked to be here today for another brunch episode with you. This is one of the highlights of my weekend. The other highlight, sir, is that you will be joining me with a cadre of others to watch the games. And uh, thank you for your service in providing your Peacock login. I will download the app after the show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you will. Well, before we get to everything, we just want to remind you about our social media channels right down here below on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsRQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ. And as always, if you wouldn't mind, and please so be so kind as to like, comment, share, and subscribe we would also like to welcome those of you who are watching on replay on our rumble channel and on billy up the billy up sports youtube channel uh we appreciate you stopping by again leave a comment leave a like be really appreciative if you do that on the podcast side subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms including apple podcast spotify google play spreaker wherever you podcast rate and review 
leave us a five-star review. That would be very, very kind. And if you're on a platform where you can review the podcast, please leave us a review. We might even read it on the air. And because this is a live show, we've already got comments rolling in. This is a live show. Woo! This is a live show. And we want you to engage with us while we're on the air. We want your comments. And I know it's been a short while since you've, uh, uh, since you have, uh, since we've heard the sound, Dustin, but we got to break it out because it's wild card weekend. (laughs) Wild card. That's right, folks. Engage with us. We want your comments. Come on by. We got Kevin Wilson from Belly Up Fantasy Sports. Says, I thought they'd bury bury Pete Carroll at midfield before he stopped watching the Seahawks. Well, actually, interesting that you open with that uh, there, Mr. Wilson, because we are going to talk about the updated coaching vacancies in the NFL before we get into Wild Card Weekend. And I'm going to have Dustin lead off with this one because him being the, the resident Seahawks fan, in the in the uh, of the show, and I know Mr. Wilson, you were also a uh, a Seahawks fan. But uh, Dustin, I don't have you lead off, and I know you had a lot of thoughts after this announcement was made. It was it was pretty shocking to me. It was pretty shocking to yes. me in the way that that this was uh, this was done. Uh, but this is uh, but you being a Seahawks fan, I want to get your reaction. I know you've you, you've been thinking about this the last couple of days. Um, give us give us a couple of minutes and tell us our th- tell us your thoughts on the uh, on how you are feeling after this announcement um a lot of emotions a lot of emotions uh and i think some of that not to get too crazy but some of that coincides with my personal life because i started looking back i did not realize because time you know time especially after 2020 and everything time all blends together to me now but pete carroll has been the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks for 14 years. And he, I have been in my house. I bought my house at 27 years old. I have been in my house for 13 years. So Pete Carroll started as the coach of the Seahawks when I was still living with my mother. And now, yes, that's right. I was living at home that late. I was saving for a house. Sue me. Um, (laughs) But I am now 40 years old. And to me, there's a lot of memories with the of, of the Pete Carroll era. To me, he is unquestionably the best coach that we've ever had. Now, to be true, uh, to be candid, my, my Seahawks fandom really only coincides. I got into football um, right before I entered high school in 1998. I was still in junior high. Dennis Erickson was the coach of the Seahawks back then. And then... Mike Holmgren was hired in 1999, and he coached him all the way up until about 2006. Then we do not talk about the Jim Mora Jr. era. Or wait, <laughs> no, Mike Holmgren was the coach for even longer. I think he stepped down in 08, if memory serves. I'm doing this all at the top of the dome. Uh, don't don't kill me. Um, but then then we do not talk about the Jim Mora era, and then. Pete Carroll comes in and Pete Carroll was hired as the executive vice president of football operations and the head coach. And he said in his press conference, he said, Paul asked me back then if I wanted to be the GM and I said, no, but I'd like to hire him. 
So Pete Carroll did hire John Schneider and the entire tone of that press conference. The reason this was not an amicable split, the way the organization framed it. When you texted me that Pete Carroll was out, I immediately went and, and started because I follow the Seahawks on all social media. And I started looking for uh, posts about it. And I found one on Instagram and I sent you a screenshot of that um, statement that Jody Allen put out on behalf of the Seahawks and said he will remain with the organization, blah, blah, blah. You know, it is very we have amicably come to a decision to part ways. Then I got home and watched his press conference and I took extensive notes because I am a crazy person. And in that <laughs> press conference, Pete, Pete Carroll was not really hiding. If you look back, if you go back and you read the notes, he was not hiding his intentions. He said that he 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 wanted to hire the GM and he hired John Schneider. And the whole tone of that press conference was there was two things you could take away from it. One, Pete Carroll was not ready to step down as a head coach. He said he even said he said, I competed very hard to be the head coach. So the first thing that I took from that is they wanted to strip him of his executive vice president status and they wanted to give John Schneider uh, control over personnel con decisions because Pete even said throughout the press con conference that he and John worked together uh, a lot on personnel and that um, they made a ton of decisions together and John had a ton of input, but ultimately Pete did say he had the final say. That is over. The team clearly wants to give control to John Schneider. And when asked by a reporter if he had any input on who his successor would be, Pete Carroll kind of laughed and he said, you want me to tell you, tell the next guy how to win? And then he said, that's not my deal. That's their deal. And then and then he was asked about um, his his uh, position within the organization, his new quote unquote advisory role. And he said, we haven't figured that out yet. We need to figure that out. So they don't even know what role he would take. I think this is, this was more of a way for Pete Carroll to save face based on everything he's done for this team and the culture that he has imparted for the better part of a decade plus. Um, but and then later in the conference, I give the reporter um, major credit. I did not catch who the reporter was, but they asked him. They said, "They said uh, if you, if the right opportunity comes up to coach, would you take it?" And he said, he kind of said he stumbled a little bit, and he said, "I can't." And then he said, uh, "That's not about that. Today's about today." That is what he said, but. And he also quoted Bud Grant. He said the quote wasn't accurate, but he said there are so many, there are mountains to hike, there are waves to catch, and there are rivers to wade, something uh, to that um, effect. And he said he was not tired. He said he was not worn out. He said he was jacked and excited for what's next. He said there's a lot to study and a lot to learn. You read between the lines on all these quotes. He is he he is looking to coach again. He is looking to coach again. And he said this was not about him being the head coach of the Seahawks. This was about the direction of the organization. And um, but he ultimately said he said he competed. He 
they reached a point where they agreed, but he he still wanted to be the head coach of this team. And I think he was told no, because then they asked about his contract status and they said, you know, would you would you have gone year to year? And he said, well, no, I never wanted to do year to year contracts. I always wanted to do a five year contract. And, and we always looked ahead five years, five years. That was that was our understanding. And so you read between the lines. I think he went to the team. He said, what about another five year contract? They said no. Um, and, and, you know, I think things probably kicked off from there. And another reporter asked, are you excited to see what John is going to do with this team? He said, I'm very excited. John's going to take the bull by the horns. I'm going to be your biggest fan. But then he did later and my notes are kind of all over the place. So I think this was later in the, in the, in the press conference. He said, this is why this is happening. John's been here for 14 years. He deserves this opportunity. So you, you take all of that together. Pete Carroll lost the, lost his executive vice president status and they have ceded control of personnel decisions completely to John Schneider. It is John Schneider's era now in Seattle. The Pete Carroll era is over. And I will say, just as an aside, Seahawks social media has been ablaze with the team has been very deferential to Pete Carroll, thanking Pete Carroll posting all these things about how there's no coach like him. There's nobody like him. Their per, his personality and the way he instilled certain values in the team is, you know, um, is was so beneficial. And I have to agree with some of the comments. It's like you're saying all this after you fired him. You're acting like he's somebody you can't lose, but you fired him. And it was not it was not a negotiation and Pete Carroll did acknowledge his age. He said, I realize at 72 years old, I'm about as old as you get in this business. But he reads very much to me like a man who is ready to coach and still wants to still wants to um, still wants to continue. And uh, to me, although there are definitely things he needs to improve on and he acknowledged, he acknowledged, he said, we've made a ton of mistakes here. The team mm -hmm. has kind of lost our edge. We used to, you know, he said, we used to be special in some categories and we kind of got um, too far into the mix. He, he specifically mentioned defense and the running game. And those have always been the hallmarks of a Pete Carroll coached team in his era with the Seahawks. And as those diminished, he, you know, he acknowledged they lost their edge and they're not where they wanted to be. So I think that's ultimately why he did agree to step down. But it was not from everything that I read in this con conference. It was not as amicable as the team would have you believe. And I think maybe he pops up in the college ranks. Maybe he pops up in, a, in an advisory role with the Seahawks because he did say if I can help him somewhere down the line, maybe we can do that. But, you know, it's um, there's a lot to say, and I feel a lot of emotions about it. I guess I'd say that it probably was time to make a change because mm -hmm. in further things that came out, Bobby Wagner was brought back to Seattle at Pete Carroll's behest. Pete Carroll is the one that wanted him there. He referenced Bobby Wagner a ton throughout that 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 uh, press conference and said that Bobby is the reason that kind of kept 
kept his mind right because he said Bobby Wagner's the one that always told me if we're not having fun, we're not doing it right. And right. he said I always I always kept that in mind. He also mentioned Tyler Lockett being um, essential in keeping the connection between his current players and former players, you know, uh, a a thing, you know, and bringing people into the team. And um, and he also mentioned Gino a ton. So those and and they were at the press conference. Those those players were at the press conference. You couldn't see him, but he kept motioning off to the side. He talked a ton about his family, his wife, Glenna, how important she was. It was it was a nice com uh, press conference. But I am sad to see the Pete Carroll era come to an end in Seattle. There was a lot of good yeah. things that happened. And um, I, I, I am excited. I think John Schneider is going to do a good job as GM. Um, I will be interested to see how he imprints imprints his footprint on this team and his mark but uh as far as head coaching you know there's a lot of wild things people are saying belichick next coach of the seahawks i'm laughing <laughs> no that's not gonna happen people are saying he's I, gonna the, the falcons <laughs> let let me let me say something about belichick going to the seattle seahawks yeah <laughs> i would love if belichick <laughs> went to the seahawks and i'll tell you why because this is what he would do he would build a time machine, go back to Super Bowl 49, and he would run he would run Marshawn Lynch into the yes. end zone for a touchdown. Seattle, Seattle would win two consecutive Super Bowls. And that yeah. dynasty would have kept going. Well, yeah, I mean it would it would have been a I think it would have turned into a dynasty if the Seahawks had won probably Super Bowl 49. Probably. And Pete and Pete did acknowledge that a little bit in his press conference. He said he said for 5 6 years the defense that we had here was like historic. And um then that's it when was he a great went, defense. That's when he went into, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes and he and he said I screwed up a ton and he said my family was actually the ones that would always call me on what I screwed up and uh and it is unfortunate because I think, in my opinion, and I'm incredibly biased, but I think Pete Carroll has done enough with his tenure. When you put together USC with his tenure at the Seattle Seahawks, he is in the conversation to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he definitely gets there, but he's at least in the conversation. And um, But that he will be remembered for that Super Bowl Forty Nine. Uh, gaff, you know, let's call it what it is. That that will be a huge tarnishing because that is what led to the erosion of the team. That that's where the cracks started to show because clearly the defense thought that they should have run the ball. Other players on the offense thought that they should have run the ball. That's where Pete Carroll started to lose a little bit of his vice grip on that on that team. Um, yeah. But I've I've talked long, long enough, but I'm very emotional about this. And like I said, this this feels like the end of an era for me. Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll was connected to a lot of things. And, you know, he he brought the Seahawks to national prominence. He he did something that Mike Holmgren attempted to do and I think got closer than anybody prior to him but Pete Carroll knocked that door open more people today talk about the Seahawks and know the Seahawks because of Pete Carroll and what what he did and what that Legion of Boom defense did and Marshawn Lynch and the run so many things he has matched he matched the amount of playoff appearances than there in in his coaching tenure 
in their previous 34 years of existence. So you can't argue with what Pete Carroll did for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, Pete, I hope you pop up coaching somewhere because it doesn't sound like you're done. Well, you're always invited as a guest on No Credentials Required, Pete. I just yeah, that yeah. That. Oh, you have open open invitation as do uh, as do other as do uh, the other coaches, except for Brandon Staley. Uh, <laughs> he'll probably go. He'll probably be five minutes in. It'll be a strong first five minutes, and then all of a sudden he'll disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we actually we've got some comments in the comment section. I want to bring up here. Wonka the Saint checking in says, "Yeah, we'll hire Har Blah." And make me love that bastard. So I think he's referring oh. to Jim Harbaugh. Yes. Uh, here. Yes. Uh, I uh, that would be a good that would be a good um, hire. But candidly, Wonko, I'd also throw up in my mouth a little bit because I could not stand <laughs> him as the coach of the 49ers. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes the enemy of your enemy is your enemy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, whatever yeah. that saying is. Yeah, uh, Kevin says they pushed him out. They can say what they want, but we all know what went down. Yes, and, you are a hundred percent right. Yep. Wonko says Pete will get a well-deserved statue. Whatever else happens, yeah. I mean, oh, for the sure. guys, the guy's a legend. Oh, he also says he he hates uh, uh, he hates uh, Harbaugh <laughs> he, as well. He yeah. hates Harbaugh too. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Well, well, because you remember Wonko and Kevin as well as I do. That that. That game where where Pete Carroll walked up to Harbaugh after and said, "What's your deal?" You know, because of their their rivalry extended back to the college ranks when when uh, Harbaugh was at Stanford and Pete Carroll was at UFC. There was there was genuine genuine dislike between those 49er and Seahawk teams when both were riding high atop the NFC, and it was it was a great era of football. But yeah, I despised Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent towards the guy, honestly. Honestly, I mean, I hope he comes back to the NFL. I thought, yeah, he got a raw deal. I thought I got a raw deal in, the, in San Francisco when all that Ka Kaepernick stuff happened. Yes, uh, with yes. the whole kneeling thing and the and the and the pigs on the uh and the, on the cops as a pigs on his socks. No, stupid, it was stupid. And I got, I guess, like, I thought I got a raw deal when that all went down. But I, I will say Harbaugh is an amazing, amazing coach. You cannot argue, but the rumor is, and who knows if he's learned, you know, if he's learned a few things because he's been at Michigan a long time now. He's been, yeah. he's been out of the NFL for a while, but I remember part of the reason that it came out that he, he was ultimately let go by San Francisco is Harbaugh is a very hard nosed, um, um, I don't want to say, but like a driven style. And while that while that yields wonderful results, I think your your life in the NFL when you try to coach players that way can be shorter. Not in every case, but it's because it wears on the players. It works in college because they're younger players. They're young, you know. Um, but you start talking to uh, professionals who are being paid, and in some cases, they're in their early thirties, late twenties. It's not going to resonate the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got some comments from, from Twitter. Uh, my buddy Jim Berenger, who I had the pleasure to meet last mm -hmm. week at the Devils game. He covers the Devils for uh, for NHLRumors.com, uh, NHL Rumors uh, website. He says, Harbaugh to Chargers, book it. Michigan's yeah. working hard to keep him there, though. He also says, also good on Vegas for keeping Pierce the right move. 
as far as I know, I read this morning, I, I read on Schefter this morning, Schefter's Twitter account, that it wasn't quite a done deal. I think they were coming to I think they were coming to an agreement. Okay. But I think Mark Davis would be foolish, as I said oh. on, on Tuesday's show, he'll be foolish to let Antonio Pierce go. Yeah. And it, it, he, I, I th- I'm hoping that he made his he he had learned from his he, he learned his lesson from Ritz Basaccia a couple years ago when Basaccia came through with all that turmoil with John for for John with John Gruden yeah. led the team to the wild card spot. Antonio Pierce went five and four with the with the Raiders this year as a yes. head coach. All that. With- with uh with O'Connell at quarterback, you know, Aiden like, O'Connell. Yeah. So imagine what he could have done with no offense to Aiden O'Connell, but like a more competent quarterback. As I argued on Tuesday's show, what if they had kept Carr? You know, who knows what could have happened? Yeah. Uh Kevin says anything 49ers connected makes me throw up in my mouth. <laughs> and Wonko says he has Seattle and Ohio State hate. So yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, the other coaching vacancy, um, I mean, that happened this week. Yeah, this is big news. This was big news of Bill Belichick being uh, he he and uh, the owner Robert Kraft talked it over, decided we're going to part mutually. Uh, he had one year, he had one year left in his contract, and he just decided, you know what? I think my time is done here in New England. And I didn't watch the press conference. Uh, so I, I believe yeah, I everything either. was everything seemed amicable between uh, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. Although I did have an article this week on BillyUpSports.com. I've gotten to you know I talked about it this week. I've gotten getting back into the writing thing of being more active in my writing. I did only sixteen articles last year. I did four this week. There you <laughs> on go, Billy man. Up Sports. Crushing it. Crushing. Yeah. So I wrote. I said, and the day before. I mean. Wednesday and Thursday was such a fire hose of sports news. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we were right the nozzle of getting the getting the full force of it between Pete Carroll being let go. Oh, I wouldn't say let go. He was yeah. I'm gonna put in air quotes promoted. Yeah. Um, I thought I was I thought I was a, like a big detective too. I'm sitting there writing notes. I'm like, oh, all these quotes, but he he really wasn't hiding anything. He was putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, he was he was spilling all the tea. Yeah. All the tea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean with we had Bill, uh, Pete Carroll being air quotes promoted in Seattle. You had Nick Saban announcing his retirement with the University of Alabama. Yes. And then the following morning, Bill Belichick says yeah, I'm uh I'm done. I'm done here in New England. It's time to it's time to time to move on after 24 years. So I thought of the funniest scenario. What if Pete what if Bill Belichick were to become a head coach of Alabama? And I just you know what? I just I thought that would be the most hysterical thing ever. Cause they would because Nick because if for those of you who don't know, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are really good friends. Mm-hmm. They're very good friends. Their relationship goes all the way back to 1982 when Nick Saban was was a defensive backs coach for Bill Belichick's dad, Steve, at the Naval Academy. And then Saban went on to coach at the University of Toledo, uh, led them to a MAC title in the 1990s, got hired as Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator. When he went to the Dal- went to, he went to the Browns, the Cleveland Browns in 1991, 
wound up leaving after the 94 season to coach at Michigan State. They went on to LSU, coached in Miami for a couple of years as the NFL, as the uh, head coach of the NFL. By the way, the Doug Flutie dropkick game, that was Nick Saban's last game as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, uh, okay. See I the for... Encyclopedia Britannica right yeah, there. Yeah, there it is. There it is. You're fired <laughs> is. up this morning. You got that invader coursing through your veins. Oh yeah, right through the veins. <laughs> uh, and then and then goes on to the Alabama, wins six national titles, nine SEC titles. And I thought to myself, what would make the world melt down more than Bill Belichick resigning from the Patriots only to go to the University of Alabama? That would be the most. That would be the funniest thing ever in my mind. So I wrote an article about it. It was just kind of a kind of a one off, but but the next day. Patriots come out and they say, "Oh, we hired Gerard Mayo as our head coach." And I said to myself, "All right, this had to be this had to be the plan going forward." And they real, yeah, this is this has been the plan since October that we're gonna we're gonna uh, Belichick's gonna step down, we're gonna he's gonna walk away from the team, and Gerard Mayo is gonna take over as head coach. And Gerard Mayo is a lifelong Patriot. He's, oh, a, yeah. lifer. he's a lifer. He's a lifer. He's a lifer. He was drafted by the Patriots in 08, played for played for several years. Came part of the coaching staff uh, for the past couple of seasons. And he's a lifer. He's a lifer. So I think it's a good thing for the Patriots, as much as I hate to admit it, because I'm a Jets fan. Uh, and by the way, another trivia question: Who was the who was the last team to beat the Patriots? At, who who beat Bill Belichick as coach of the Patriots? Your New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. who. <laughs> that's always going to be. Somebody's going to put that in a, in an edition of Trivial Pursuit. I guarantee it. Oh, I, or it I'll, makes Jeopardy. Oh, I might do that for whatever I host trivia next time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the end of an era in New England. I, I mm. can't say, I mean, I'm not New, I'm not a Patriots fan, so I can't really go into the impact of the Bel- of Belichick on on my team because uh Bill Belichick was the coach of the New York Gi- New York Jets for all of uh three minutes in nineteen ninety seven at the end of the nineteen ninety-eight <laughs> season. Then he writes on a napkin, I'm out of here presents himself in front of the New York media with flop sweat going on. And uh, now he's then he got sent to the Patriots, got all the Jets got all of draft picks out of it and not one title since. And Patriots have six Super Bowl rings and uh, what might've been, but yeah, he doesn't have to hurt me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't, doesn't he doesn't unless he like, could you imagine like there's some there's some scenario now this would never happen because anybody whoever brings in Bill Belichick because I don't think Belichick we we talked about it on Tuesday's show yeah he is driven to coach football and Bill Belichick Pete Carroll mm-hmm. coached the Seahawks for 14 years which is almost unheard of Bill Belichick put another 10 spot on that with the Patriots 24 yep. years and for that entire tenure bill belichick was the gm as well because he subscribed to the parcells theory of if you got to make the meal you should be the one to buy the groceries yep now so whoever brings in bill belichick is going to have to cede control of their franchise to him and that's why i think i don't know that he goes he goes to the college ranks um, he will probably want to stay in the NFL, but I can't get inside Bill Belichick's head. Uh, mm. maybe Nick Saban and he plotted this out all back when they were on the same staff with the Cleveland Browns, uh, all those years ago. But, 
But uh, if could you imagine a scenario, how bad would it be for you if somebody said to Bill Belichick, come in, be our defensive coordinator, right the ship? Like what if, I mean, Leslie Frazier, I believe Leslie Frazier is in Buffalo. He's done a pretty good yes. job in Buffalo. He's not going anywhere. But what if like uh, – and isn't Brian Flores in Miami, or am I? No, no he's in uh, Brian, Minnesota, right? I, think I believe he is. Let's do some real time research yeah. and find so, out. So, but what could you imagine if, like, Mike McDaniel's, like, it gets Belichick to be the D coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, and you're like, no, he still is there. He could still hurt me. <laughs> and, and you're, and, oh my God. <laughs> I would just basically say, you know what? I give up on football. I give up yeah. on the NFL. <laughs> Time to move on to the college game. That, that at least at least I'll have more fun covering that and not be as miserable <laughs> as I am as a New York Jets fan. But yeah, and you were right. And you were right. Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator in uh in Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Minnesota. Uh but yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be interesting where, to see where Belichick lands. People are there's lots of speculation that he'll wind up in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, my buddy, my buddy, one of my good buddies, Sean, uh, in our who's in our fantasy football league, says he's he says I would love for him to wind up in Atlanta. I would love for him for my cousin Matt to be part of his coaching staff as a defensive coordinator. I'm like, that's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a stretch, but okay, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at, I think I think that Atlanta, the Chargers, are are two of the teams that are kind of courting his services. Yeah, I think personally, I think Belichick is probably going to wind up in Atlanta because here's the thing. I think I think I think I think I, I, I may give credit to guys on this. My buddy uh, Tom Gaslaski from Levac and Guys, the number mm -hmm. one sports talk show in the Capital Region, by the way. So. Cheers to those guys! Hey, I congratulations! I interned with them back in 2019 at the uh, other radio station that they beat out for the ratings. But uh, I believe it was guys who said, you know, Arthur Blank missed out on several head coaches, to several coaches to come on in and be part of the Falcons and rebuild the Falcons and make them into a winner. Because there's one guy who starred for a championship. It's Arthur Blank. Yeah. And he missed out on his opportunities to get several head coach, several big name head coaches to come in and run the joint. And he says, you know what? Why not go for it and go for Belichick? And I can see why the Falcons are a good fit because they have a good defense already. Their defense is, mm -hmm. I mean, aside from the last game of the season against the Saints, yeah, they have a pretty decent defense. You know, they brought in a lot of pieces during the offseason last year in free agency. They've got a decent defense. Offense needs a little bit of work. But I think he can utilize Bijan Robinson, uh, Kyle yes. Pitts, and Drake London, which is what Arthur Smith failed to do in Atlanta. They just need to fix their quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. uh, your 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 current options are uh, Desmond Ritter, or who's still kind of fitting his way into the role, or it's Taylor Heineke, who is a glorified XFL quarterback. Um, no offense, to Taylor Heineke. I know he. Had, I know. Um, Look, he he is where he is. So, uh, but I think if he fixes the quarterbacks, fixes the quarterback situation, brings in an offensive coordinator who can put these guys to work, not named Josh McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, how disappointed are you that he was not hired as head coach of the New England Patriots? 
<laughs> you were hoping. You Super were really disappointed. I'm, but I, but I understand he's going to be brought in as offensive coordinator. So, oh jeez, like, what the crap? Come on, stop! I can't believe he's still good. If it wasn't for the New England Patriots, he would not be able to get a job anymore. And exactly. I'm not exactly. You know, you're not not throwing shade at the guy, but his stop in Denver wasn't great when he drafted uh, Tim Tebow with the uh, was it 15th pick, and people were baffled, and then. <laughs> And then, and some of the some of the rumors that came out about his time in Denver that he traded Peyton Hillis to the Browns because his wife found Peyton Hillis too attractive, and and, and uh, you know you know and, you know I I don't find CTE to be this big thing, but you know what I think after those two moves, maybe John Elway needs to be evaluated for. It. <laughs> those decisions i mean look at this i think it this way with the broncos i will say this i will go out on a limb and say this they have never drafted a franchise quarterback except for john elway i mean actually, yeah. no i no john elway was not drafted Dra john elway was oh yeah that's right he was drafted Baltimore. by the colts right he did not want to play for robert ursay yeah i get it yeah <laughs> he was traded from the colts to the broncos so I mean, unless there's a Broncos fan out there who can correct me, I don't think the Broncos have ever drafted a franchise quarterback. Everything has come through trades or for agency. Elway yeah. was traded for. Peyton Manning was traded for. Russell mm -hmm. Wilson was traded for. Yes. I can't think of a franchise quarterback in that team's history that has been drafted. They're oh. all been coming in via trade or free agency. And don't forget, uh, Jake Plummer traded for. I always had a soft. No, spot he was a free agent. Plummer. He was a free. He was. A oh, free he was agent. a free agent signee. Yep. Okay, yeah, that's free right. Yep. I know yep. for some reason I've always had a soft soft spot for Jake Plummer. I always liked him. Like when he when he was in Arizona and they were just getting like beat the brakes off of him every game. I'm like, you know, Jake Plummer. I think you put him in the right situation. He'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> I always well, liked him. Yeah. Yeah, he's always he's always good. He's doing some other things outside of football, which is great post career. Yeah. Uh, before we get to uh, our first commercial, our only commercial break in this sec in this edition of the Saturday brunch, visit the comment section. Sick Diggy checking in from Norway says, "Good morning, Sarasota, Florida. I mean, Saratoga, New York." <laughs> hey, sick. How's it going? He also says, "If Bill Belichick were to coach college football, he'd insist on becoming the school's athletic director." Yeah. Um. Well, I, I, I mentioned my article. Sick. I'll, I'll send you the link to my article that I wrote on Thursday. The thing is, he would have full control over that program. I went. I went. He would have full control over the football program, and we know how he likes to bring in new personnel to refresh things every every couple every four or five seasons. He tried to. Mm -hmm. He was trying to get rid of Elway or not Elway. Uh, Tom Brady uh, after the I think the two thousand what six uh, two thousand fifteen season. And he went up winning him another Super Bowl. So he likes to bring in fresh personnel every three to five seasons. He could do that in, in, the, in, in college football. He could do that as a college football, as a head college football coach, because he has control of the program. He'll oversee the NIL. He'll oversee who he brings in for as in the transfer portal. Because think about this. The transfer portal is the transfer portal is wild. Is wild. It's the wild. It, it, it is made between NIL and the transfer portal. College football is the wild, wild west now, where anybody can go anywhere after one season, and you're going to see lots of players flock, flock. They would flock to the University of Alabama because they want to play for the greatest coach of all time. Mm. Well, 
of our generation. I can't say oh, of all time. Sure. I'm going to say of our generation. Yeah. He also goes on to say CTE. Don't forget about possible dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And he also agrees with me and says that, yeah, Bill Belichick is an absolute control freak. So, yeah, yeah, he I is. can see him. I can see him in college somewhere. Uh, and so it's just, it's, just, it's just a damn shame that he didn't wind up at the University of Alabama because that would be hilarious. Yes. So then, well, I um, had seen I had seen some quotes, um, too, that that the relationship between Kraft and Belichick was was eroding over time because I did. And I think this was from The Athletic, I think. But they had a couple of a couple of quotes that were supposedly said, like in in, you know, in secret or whatever. I don't know what to call it. But uh, one of them was from uh, Robert Kraft. He said. He said, he, meaning Bill Belichick, told me Tom Brady can't play anymore. And then he goes and wins the Super Bowl. And then you got and then you got Belichick coming back and saying that, that like um the the culture that he created was being eroded by Robert Kraft and his son Jonathan. So there was definitely some friction there, uh, if these quotes are are to be believed. And then there was supposedly a quote from one Tom Brady saying he, meaning Bill Belichick, doesn't realize what he's leaving what, or what he's mm -hmm. losing, I guess, mm -hmm. regarding his own departure from the team. So so things weren't always great there at the end in Patriot land. But if they had this, you said uh, they they had planned on this since October. They had this uh, this plan in place for Gerard Mayo to take over. Yeah. Yep. Then, you know. Yeah. And and it circumvents the whole uh, Rudy Rule thing because a they had somebody in place and b they hired a, 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 a head coach of uh, a, minor, a minority status. So yeah, so hey, there you go. All right, we're gonna take a only commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna roll quickly through NFL Super Duper Wild Card Weekend. Stay tuned for more. No credentials required. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler. Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple, the best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. Get some Invader Coffee. Our affiliate link is down below in the description, both on the YouTube and the Facebook side. You'll also find it in the description of the podcast episode on your favorite podcast platform. Just copy the link, put it in your browser, and you'll be open to, you'll be, you'll be introduced to a myriad of great flavors oh oh dustin's all dustin's fired up i'm jacked going right to the veins <laughs> but you can find yourself uh plenty of great flavors out there i believe the holiday blends are still out there uh speaking of holiday blends i'm going to pick up my 12 ounces of bad santa this afternoon when i visit dustin's house because i won the battle of the Bryans. so i get That's myself right. i get myself some more bad santa at Dustin's expense, but <laughs> in addition to the the holiday blends, which are still available, yes, they are still available out there. You'll get the outsider blend, which is the dark blend, uh, the wake the bones blend, which is their espresso blend, 
the Breaking Kids of Emergency, the War Horse Bacon Bourbon, which I'm going to try today because I'll be at Dustin's place. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have, have some of that to keep ourselves awake for these two football games. Also, they have the Whiskey Blend, the Black Heart Blend, and more, the Mexican Chocolate Blend, which is a favorite of our my buddy Snowman. Loves that blend. So get yourself some great coffee. Do you love your country? Do you love veterans? Do you love supporting veteran-owned businesses? This is a veteran-owned business. So go your, go to, do yourself a favor and do us a favor because you'll be using our affiliate link in the description. Yes. Go to Invader Coffee. Use our descript, use the code in the description and our promo code BellyUp at checkout. You save 15% off your order. You might pay a little bit more for shipping, but I, I listen, it's well worth the, it's well yeah. worth the shipping because it'll be here in a matter, it'll be at your house in a matter of days, freshly roasted or freshly ground if you prefer ground coffee. So yeah, visit help us help the show, help a veteran-owned business, invader coffee, and use promo code BellyUp in the description. All right, moving on to what we're looking forward to an NFL Super Wild Card weekend. And we're going to move on pretty quickly because, uh, you know, just because it's a Saturday show and we got stuff to do. And I got to be, I got, I got to be ready for, uh, for at least seven, six hours of football yeah. later on. And I got to uh, clean my house. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to at least touch up before you guys, full disclosure, get here, you know, full disclosure. <laughs> The first game of Super Duper Wild Card Weekend is the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. It's a 4 p.m. game on C on NBC. This is gonna—I think this is gonna be a more defensive struggle, Dustin. I, I'm not sure what you what you're looking what you're looking for in this game in terms of uh, what the Browns are and the Texans are are doing. And it's also—and I'm gonna be super nostalgic here. It's a callback to the to the era I grew up in with with the Cleveland Browns and the Houston Oilers meeting in the playoffs, meeting in the AFC Central battles. Uh, this is more of a crossover because of the divisions, mm -hmm. uh, with the Texans winning the AFC South and the Cleveland Browns clinching up a wild card spot pretty early in the season. Dustin, what are you looking forward to in this particular game? Well, I I am looking forward to. I want to see how the Texans deal with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is an absolute force. Uh, he is a big reason why Cleveland's defense performed very well at points this year. That in the season they were the number one ranked defense. I, I believe they fell down the rankings a little bit, but for points, they were the number one ranked defense this season. They're very good units. They've got some talent on that side of the ball. But I will also be looking forward to to see if Joe Flacco can keep this streak going. Now, I love to watch C.J. Stroud and the Texans play. I love what D'Amico Ryans has done. I want to see how that how that Texans rushing defense, which is much improved, responds after Jonathan Taylor ran all over them. I want to see what they can do against uh, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt at all today. Um, mm -hmm. But... I might be rooting for the Cleveland Browns in this game, even though I want to see C.J. Stroud. That gumbo. I, that I, <laughs> yeah, I want to see C.J. Stroud move on because I want to see th this young Texans team, and I want to see uh, I want to see them continue to ascend. But the story of Joe Flacco coming back is just too good. And can you imagine in the AFC if Joe Flacco in the Browns somehow advance and then they play the Ravens? That would be that would be amazing. 
because the Ravens <laughs> are the continuation of the old Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are the new Browns. Joe Flacco used to be a Raven. Oh, the stories write itself. The articles you could post on Belly Up if that happens. Yeah, fine. yeah. yeah. I mean the narrative. Dad strength. He's got five kids. Dad strength. Five <laughs> kids. No, I mean the the narratives coming into this weekend are just are crazy are crazy with, with, with Tyreek Hill coming back to Kansas City we'll talk about that in a second yeah we got we got Jared Goff playing against his old team yes. Matt Stafford playing against his old team in Detroit I mean the, the narratives are just out of this world with Philadelphia and we see Philadelphia struggles yeah. down the stretch uh, this game is going to be close I think the defenses will be highlighted in this game because the because D'Amico Ryan's listen the, yeah you could say what you want about coach of the year, although Kyle Shanahan will probably get coach of the year, which is boring. <laughs> but Domico Ryan's deserves consideration for coach of the oh, year. Oh, a thousand brought, percent. He brought a team with what three wins last year, mm -hmm. improved their mark by seven games. He's the rookie of the year. His rookie of the year quarterback. And has a great his offensive weapons. He has, he has offensive weapons. He got strong. He has a strong run game. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with Mike's, uh, or uh, Devin, Singletary. Devin Singletary, and I'm trying to think of his name all of a sudden. Um, the wide receiver Ooh. there. Oh, the white. Uh, well, Tank Dell was there, but he got injured, Not so that's another thing that they dealt with. Uh, Nico Collins. Nico Collins emerging. Yeah, with Nico mm -hmm. Collins emerging uh, as the primary target for CJ Stroud, with Tank Dell being out for the year. I'm. I'm. My matchups for this game, I it's going to be the Browns defensive line versus the Texans offensive line to see how the Texans handle yeah. that pass rush. On the opposite side of the ball, it's going to be Cleveland's Cleveland's run game, like you mentioned, Dustin. It's going to be Cleveland's run game against the Texans run game, and to see how the Texans, I uh, see how D'Amico Ryan's adjusts after giving up all those yards last week to to uh, to Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. And I, I want to see how they react. And I remember distinctly, it was it 2000, 2005, 2006? I think it was 2006. Coming into the playoffs, uh, Tony Dungy's defense, the Colts' defense, they were slacking. They were slacking coming into the playoff, coming into the wild card round. And then all of a sudden, they just, the rest of the, the for the postseason on, I don't know what kind of, cheat code Tony Dungy unlocked for that Colts defense but they were spot on the rest of the way All I the was in that I was in that Colts locker room back then and do you want to know what it was it was, was it Invader up, up, Coffee down. it was oh, Invader, it was Invader coffee. coffee I was going to say was it up up down down left right left right <laughs> <laughs> little contra little little contra code I love it <laughs> boom there you go so yeah I think it's going to be I, look I think aside from Green Bay and Dallas there's not a bad matchup in this yeah. wild card round. Yeah. Not a bad matchup at all. So we're going to move on quickly to Miami at Kansas City, which is on 8 p.m. on Peacock. And yeah, I we've heard all the rants from all the other all the other sports podcasts and talk shows about why this game is on Peacock and this and that. But yeah, you know, they're making it free. Let's just okay. put that the, the, the game is free. So you can watch That's for free on Peacock, which is good. Which is a good thing. I mean, I already had a subscription anyway, because uh, I like to watch. Because Six Nations Rugby is coming up 
boom. But does that mean that does that mean if I just download the app and then just uh, I can just watch it without logging in? I think you still have to create a login, but okay, it's it's free. But okay, we can still okay. use we can we can still use my all right, all right, done. Anywho, but this is going to be this is an intriguing matchup because yeah, we had the narrative of Tyreek Hill coming back to Kansas City's first his first appearance in Kansas City uh, since the since the big trade happened in two thousand well, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other big the other big story is the weather. Oh yeah, it will be zero degrees at kickoff. The forecasted low is negative nine at Arrowhead Stadium. We got all the complaints about how, oh, this is, these conditions are inhumane. This is a travesty. They shouldn't be playing this game. Listen, I'm a Canadian Football League fan. They play these types of games in this type of weather constantly when it comes to the Grey Cup, when it comes to the Western Final, the Eastern Final. They play these conditions all the time. Yeah, these are football players. They're gonna these fo- these are football players. These are athletes. They're gonna play regardless of whether it's rain, snow, sleet, ice. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They're but, gonna be up for this game. And the other thing is, yeah. go back and ask Tom Coughlin's face how they how yeah. they played how they played in Lambeau Field when it was like a, a a tundra out there. And everybody remembers, you know, that ice bowl that they called because the game was frozen. Mm-hmm. Frozen, um, Green Bay, they're accustomed to this. Chicago, the temperatures can be brutal there. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like this is they'll have the heaters out, they'll do everything yep. they can to maximize the player's safety. But, like you said, Ryan, yep. these are this is this is what these guys get paid for. They are ready for this. They may not yeah. want like I'm glad I'm not gonna be out there, but I don't get Me paid either. to play. I'm not no. good enough. My arm just, I, you know, I went to Uncle Rico's, Rico's quarterback camp, and it, it, <laughs> it didn't work out. He kind of took my money, and then and then he just kind of had me drive that trailer. Uh, Dustin, Dustin, D- Dustin, I, I have some breaking news for you <laughs> uh, about uh, regarding Uncle Rico. I have Go. some breaking news. <laughs> All right. Uncle Rico's football camp was set to be a sponsor for our show. What are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a great experience. The best time of my life. <laughs> yeah, my arm doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> <laughs> but other than the weather, uh, the, the, the key matchup for me in this game, and, and Kansas City got to this point not by the strength of their offense, but the strength of their defense. Chris Jones is an all-pro. He's an all-pro pass rusher. Green, look, Mike, Steve Spagnolo's unit. Steve, listen, Steve Spagnolo was not a great head coach. No, but he is a hell of a defensive coordinator, a hell of a defensive coordinator. And Kansas City did not get here on the strength of their offense with all the troubles they've been having with Travis Kelsey somehow losing a step or being hurt or being in the fact that he's his relationship and his with. T Swift and his oh sorry I did I said a dirty word his yeah. relationship with Taylor Swift oh, I said it again oh uh, boy and all the endorsements he has off the field uh, with Campbell's Soup and Pfizer and all the, all those endorsements he, and State Farm has caused a big distraction for his game I think mm-hmm. and the fact that no none of the Kansas City receivers can catch catch a ball worth a dang yeah uh, they have had to rely on their running attack with Isaiah Pacheco who will run through a brick wall. 
Yeah. And he's been hurt on and off this year. So, I, but my main point is it's going to be the deep, it's going to be on the defense to win this game because, mm-hmm. because of Miami's because of Miami's passing attack. But here's a big stat for you. I heard it on Rod Peterson's show yesterday. Big shout out to big ups to Rod Peterson. If you're watching or listening, he presented, I think it was him or Darren presented a stat to a title Viola in games where the temperature is under 45 degrees at kickoff. He is 0-4 lifetime, yeah. four touchdown passes, four interceptions. So I'm just kind of curious to see what this is, the weather's been the big narrative. Tyreek Hill coming back to Kansas City for the first time is a big narrative, but it's going to be on Tua to get this team. Miami, this Miami team, they haven't won a playoff game since I think 2000. They haven't won a playoff yes. game since 2000. It's been it's been right. over 20 years. So to get them past. Kansas City and get to the next round, get to the divisional. They have to get past a very good Kansas City Chiefs defense. I'm trying to remember who the quarterback was in 2000. I know, I know Brian Greasy. No, Brian Greasy was on Denver back then. I think Bob Greasy, his dad, was the QB of the Dolphins for a while. Uh, I'm guessing Jay Jay uh, Fielder or something. I can't remember. Hold on. How to pronounce his his name? Because all I could think of was Jay Feely, and he was the kicker for Jay Feely. <laughs> yeah, you remember what they... <laughs> <laughs> And he did that. Dave did that little, like whistle after it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. For those of you who don't know, uh, Ryan and I have been in a fantasy football league together uh, for quite some time, which he is the commish of. And we used to do our our uh, live drafts at Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings. If you want to sponsor us, we'd love to have you. And uh, so we're there. And my 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 buddy Dave and Ryan's buddy Dave, we're friends, uh, both of us are friends with him. Dave had a, had a few too many beverages during the draft. And he drafted a kicker in the ninth round. <laughs> and he went yep. up there co- confidently and slapped a sticker on the board. <laughs> and it was Jay Feely at the time kicking for the Arizona Cardinals. So the last quarterback to win a playoff game for the Miami Dolphins was in the year 2000. So okay. he did right yep. panic coming back, coming to work. There we go. The quarterback was Jay Fiedler. There we go. I got it right. There you go. Hey. A broken clock is right twice a day. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, Ryan. It's going to be on Tua in this game to try to get this done. And, unfortunately, for Dolphins fans, Patrick Mahomes is used to playing in colder weather and no shade at Tua. He's done very well, especially coming back from – you know, there were thoughts that his career was over after what he went through last year. And the things that he's done to overcome his injury at his time at Alabama, I got nothing but respect for Tua. But if you compare those two quarterbacks, now if you compare the two offenses, I give the edge to Miami. But if you compare those two quarterbacks, I give the edge to Pat Patrick Mahomes. He's been here before. He knows how to win in this client climate he knows how to win when the stakes are higher but i would be surprised because it's clear the chiefs miss eric the we've talked about it 
I thought that Andy Reid would have taken over offensive play calling duties, and I'm surprised he hasn't, to my knowledge. So, well, well, the Matt the Matt Nagy experience is back in Kansas City. So, yeah, sorry, sorry, Chiefs fans, you have to endure that, but it's <laughs> but you're right. Their receivers in game. Their receivers have got to start catching the ball because I, I che- Isaiah Pacheco can't do it on his own. Patrick Mahomes needs his safety valve, which is what I've be, uh, taken to calling Travis Kelsey over the years because Mahomes, when a play breaks down, he's always looking for Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah, it's a safety valve for sure. But the other thing, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, what happened to him? You know, he, he really – has just been MIA and they need, they need somebody else to step up because Miami has more weapons. Even, even you look in their backfield, they've got, they've got, uh, they've got uh, Rasheem Mostert, uh, Jeff Wilson, Jr. San, uh, San Francisco light, you know, San Francisco, the Miami edition. And then they've got Devon H hand in there. So even at running back, they have, such so many more uh options than the Kansas City Chiefs do. This is going to be an interesting game like you said, but it's on it it's on Tuatunga Vailoa and the Kansas City defense. Yeah. Moving on to another wild what will be another wild weather game and that's in Buffalo between the Steelers and the Bills at the 1 o'clock game on CBS. TJ Watt will not play this game because Ooh. he injured his knee in last week's closer uh, uh, season finale in a uh, regular season finale in Baltimore. Uh, that's going to impact the, the Pittsburgh game. This could be, I mean, I think the game's going to be closer than what everybody thinks it's going to be, but I think Buffalo has potential without, without TJ Watt being out there mm. with the home crowd, the weather. Yeah. The, the Buffalo Bills on a roll. They lost, they won their last six games in a row to win this division, clinched the two seed because. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see what happens the rest of the way. Who wins in the divisional round? But I think this game is going to be close, closer than what people think, but also has the potential to be a blowout. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent. And I did not realize that TJ Watt was not going to play. That's a huge blow to Pittsburgh. And again, I hate to cheapen it this way, but you give me you give me Josh Allen or Mason Rudolph, I'm taking. I'm taking Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. and also the Steelers running attack, it's going to be on them. If the Steelers have a chance in this game, it's going to be Najee Harris and uh and um oh, why is the why is the second running back's name escaping me? I hate when this happens. But Najee Harris is going to have to be running Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, that's right. Jalen Warren has looked more explosive for much of the season, but Najee Harris I talked a lot of trash about him, but he has improved. He is going to have to have another 100-plus yard game and maybe a couple of touchdowns for Pittsburgh to have a chance in this matchup, in my opinion. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're a proud team. They're a proud unit. They're going to Mike Tomlin's going to have them ready to play. But uh, I think Buffalo, Buffalo hitting their stride, especially offensively, is going to be too much for the Steelers in this game. Yeah, I think I think with TJ Watt being out of the picture, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big impact on the pass rush for the uh, for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think in the, at least in the first half they'll keep it close. In the first half they'll keep it close because the teams are gonna try to feel each other out. 
Uh, Josh Allen, he's got the running game going. Uh, thankfully, you know, I've said I've been hammering this over the last couple seasons on this program. It's like Josh Allen needs a running game. Josh Allen needs a running, running game. Well, Joe Brady has finally, thankfully, employed has finally employed a running game uh, with uh, James Cook in the backfield. So you get James Cook going, and you get Stephon Diggs going. You got uh, uh, Gabriel Davis going. And you also use your tight ends, uh, Dalton Kincaid. You get him going. Uh, Dice uh, uh, Knox. You get him going. You, Buffalo's offense, if they can get going, they can be quick. You can get get some quick scores, get some quick hitters for, you know, for quick gains, some some chunk yardage plays, and score. They need to score quickly, and just keep the pace the entire game. Keep the keep their uh, foot in the gas pedal. I think this game could be. Uh, could be, I wouldn't say a blowout, but it's going to be very decisive very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think for Pittsburgh, they need to figure out a way for life for the season after TJ Watt, because hypothetically, if they run the table and they go to the Super Bowl, I believe they get TJ Watt back in time for the Super Bowl. I don't know what the, but I don't have, I, I'm not very optimistic about their chances because of the way their offenses worked. Yeah. If, like you said, Dustin, if it's, if it's between. Oh man, I thought I muted. I thought I muted my mic there. What? I pressed the button. Oh, all right. Don't sell next time. Do it on the software side. Oh man, we're live. That's good. We're live. We're live. Or on replay. Oh man, that's that'll okay. be that'll be a that'll be a year end highlight for 2024. I could already that's see right. the videos I've, now. That's right. I've said and done worse. I've had I've had a guest <laughs> roll uh, on a uh, just do do a solo run for a while while I was in the bathroom. When I come back, he stopped talking. I'm like, oh, oh no, that's the worst. <sighs> that's the worst. But I am sorry, everybody. I pressed the mute button on my microphone. I assure you. No credentials required. Where you don't need to hit the mute button to burp. Uh, <laughs> so I am very sorry, but continue That's your okay. thoughts. Sir. As I as I was saying, I, like you, Dustin, if it's a if it's a if it's a matchup between if I have a choice between Mason Rudolph and Josh Allen, I would take Josh Allen every day, every yeah. single day. So that is so that is our thoughts on the Steelers and Bills. We move on to another game that has. I wouldn't say the potential to be a blowout, but actually does, but it could get away very quickly. Green Bay at Dallas. It's the 4 p.m. game on Fox. Dallas is the number two seed in the NFC. In the yeah. NFC, so they'll get if they win this game, they'll still have at least one more home playoff game. They've won 16 in a row at home. They have not lost since Week One of the 2021 season, when they were almost skunked by Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, on a Sunday afternoon, but uh, yeah, I mean, Green Bay's defense is going to have to do, have to do some really, really, they have to play the best game of their season on this day because Dallas's offense is so multifaceted and we give Dak Prescott all sorts of crap on this program, Mm -hmm. but he's an MVP candidate right now. He played, yeah. he said, he said, I'm going to guarantee I don't throw more than 10 interceptions during the regular season of this year. I think he threw what eight all season. Yeah, I think um, so. I think so something like that. Let's do some real time research on it. Yeah. So, so Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay's got a good defense. Green Bay has a solid defense. 
Jordan Love is starting to become a really good quarterback. I I think he is playing better than yep nine. Yeah, Only he threw nine. I was right. I was yep. right again. There we go. Encyclopedia uh, Rye Tannica. That's right. Uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Love coming into his own, becoming more comfortable with with uh, Mike with uh, Matt Lafleur's system. He's becoming the quarterback that yeah the, the the Green Bay Packers drafted back in 2020 or 2021. But I think it's going to be on the defense. The the Green Bay's defense is going to have to step up, and again they have to play their best game of the season in order to try to upset the green, the Dallas Cowboys at home and break that loop and then break that winning streak. Now the last, if I remember correctly, the last time the Cowboys were at home for a wild card playoff game, it was that infamous uh, game Ooh. against San Francisco, which was, which was by the way, a Nickelodeon slime Nickelodeon game. Uh, <laughs> that was the game where they lined up and they didn't get the playoff in time to try to get the, get the tie, game tying field goal at the end. And San Francisco wound up being him at the end. Mm-hmm. That's the last time Dallas Cowboys had a playoff game at home. It was a loss. Well, and also to go a little further into the way back machine, um, it was Dallas and Green Bay that played in the playoffs when Des Bryant had that touchdown or is it a touchdown catch that yep. resulted in the changing of some rules about touchdowns. Am, am I Am I right about that? I think the competition committee made some changes as a result of that play. The whole, was, the yeah, whole football the, move, you know? It was either a touchdown or how the ball is caught um, in regards to a completion. So on um, whether it's a football move or it's grat or it's full control, I think that I think that was the rule change. You, you yes, but I think so. I think so. But I I am with you, Ryan. This I don't want to. You never. You never can. You never can tell in any given Sunday and the whole thing and all that. And hey, I didn't give the Seahawks much of a chance to beat the Eagles, and they went in there and they did it. So you never know what can happen. But if Green Bay has any shot to win this game, they've got to do. They've got to do what they did on Thanksgiving against the Detroit Lions. They've got to go out and they've got to they've got to score first and catch Dallas on their back foot. And uh to me that's the only way because if you look at the Thanksgiving Day game with that upset that really started kind of Green Bay's turnaround. I think they had beaten the Chiefs prior to that. I'm trying to remember, or I can't remember if the Chiefs game was after that Thanksgiving Day game, but that really kind of jump-started the Green Bay Packers' turnaround into a playoff team. Jordan Love is going to have to play out of his mind, um, and they have to they have to run against the Dallas Cowboys. They've got the two-headed running attack there. Um, they've got to have Aaron Jones going in this game. They've got the young wide receivers. Um, but the defense has a tall task ahead of it. A lot of people, including us at various times, um, I can't remember who said it on our very show in the comments, but somebody said this offense is built to be C.D. Lamb, you know, C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. in the passing attack, and that's it. Yeah. And they are 100% right about that. But what happened in Dallas's last game again in the regular season for the division title 
is that Brandon Cooks, who I had forgotten Dallas mm. signed, stepped up and had a, a nice game and scored a TD for Dallas. And that's what Dallas is going to need. They need somebody other than C.D. Lamb to catch the ball. But with that being said, even if C.D. Lamb is all over the field in this one and he's really the only player that makes an impact in the passing attack, I still think Dallas has enough to beat yeah. Green Bay. Green yeah. Bay, they've got to jump out and score and score early and kind of surprise Dallas a little bit, a la that Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit. Even though Detroit, I said on this show a couple weeks ago that I'd love to see a rematch of Detroit versus Dallas because that Saturday game was very good and the teams mm -hmm. seem uh, to be somewhat evenly matched. Um, so Green Bay has got to, I hope they watch tape of that Detroit game and they, and they, uh, you know, take some of that into Dallas because I want the playoff games to be close. I don't want to blow out. Yeah. Just, just make sure, just make sure that, uh, they report the line, the correct lineman when they go into the, line yeah. The, yeah. Well, and Dan the Campbell, they play. did that play again. They did that play again to they close out the season. They did it despite the referees just to yes. say, okay, 60 is eligible or 60 yeah. is eligible or 70 is eligible. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I got my buddy, uh, my buddy, uh, Vince Dover from the sports stove podcast. Fun fact. He and his dad actually own a small sliver of the green Bay Packers. Ah, they're uh, Packers shareholders. Yeah, That's awesome. Packers shareholders. Uh, he says it all comes down to the green Bay defense. Yep. He agrees yeah. with us. He agrees with us. All right, moving on quickly to the nightcap of Sunday, which is the LA Rams at the Detroit Lions. In my estimation, and I'm pretty much sure the entire United States estimation, this has game of the week written all over it. Because again, we talked about the narrative between Jared, Jared Goff playing his old team, Sean McVay basically shipping him off to Detroit to rot when it wasn't the case at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's excelling. He's he's having the best. He's had the best two. I believe he's had the best two seasons of his career. Yes, coming into this game, and the resurgence of the LA Rams, which is shocking because oh I had written. Goodness. I think we both we both wrote off the Rams coming into the season at based oh. on the year they had last year, the Super Bowl yes. hangover year, the fact that Cooper Cup was out for most of the year. Yeah, Matt Stafford had a back. Had broken. Literally had a broken back, mm -hmm. uh, but. Sean McVay, later in the season, realized, oh, crap, if I'm going to win games, i got to run the football. <laughs> and we have Ky the emergence of Kyrie Kyron Williams come up. Puka Nakua, who was my runner-up for a, for Rookie of the Year. I think he would, if he was if it was in the conference, if it came out in the conferences, he would be, he'd be the NFC Rookie of the Year. Uh, but also the, the Rams defense playing playing pretty solid. So, yeah. So this is going to be a really intriguing matchup. And, and Dustin, I'll, I'll have you lead off and talk about this game. What do you see going into this game? Well, this game this game depends, again, on, on the quarterbacks because Jared Goff, how motivated is he going to be? He's going to come out firing. But Matthew Stafford, he is also going to be motivated. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a homecoming uh, for Matthew Stafford, and I hope he gets a huge standing O in Detroit after everything that he did for that city. Played tough. His career, he started out injured a, a bunch, but he more than overcame that. Such a tough guy. Um, and But I have to say, I think that it's going to come down again 
to how the Detroit offensive line handles Aaron Donald in that defensive line um, of the Rams. We all know the week one upset of the Rams over the Seahawks, which turned out not to be a huge upset. But there's that clip of Geno Smith going, oh, my God, because Aaron Donald got through the line so fast. Aaron Donald is such a force that you – I mean, he was doubled on that, and he still got through the line. So Detroit has a tall task ahead of it. They've got to contain Aaron Donald. They've got to shut him down. And and then the Detroit defense, that passing defense has got to be on its game because the Rams have Cooper Cup. They have Puka Nakua. Now, at points, Cooper Cup has not looked like the Cooper Cup of old this season, but I think he still has proven he's starting to kind of ramp it up. The Rams got hot at the right time. They've had a little bit of this resurgence, um, and they turned their season around and made the playoffs, you know, at my team's expense. I thought the Rams were going to be a horrific team this year. I picked them to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, but it's clear Stafford is finally healthy. He proves he still has a lot left in the tank. But if if Detroit doesn't figure out a way to uh, contain Puka Nakua, contain Cooper Cup, um, and also Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams has had a heck of a season running the ball for the Rams. It's been, I mean, the Rams, I dislike the Rams, okay? Full disclosure, I dislike them. It, it, it's, it's gone a while back from when they used to beat the Seahawks in the early 2000s all the time, and the Seahawks were trying to come up and take that division during the Mike Holmgren era, and it just never happened because the Rams were always there, you know, and and when they were in St. Louis, and then they moved to L.A. and Sean McVay has always played Pete Carroll well, always for whatever reason. He always seemed to have Pete Carroll's number and the Seahawks. Even when the Rams were terrible, they'd always get these victories over the Seahawks. And I'm going, what the heck is going on? But uh, if they, I I actually like. I found myself rooting for the Rams a little bit just because I heaped so much dirt on them in the beginning of the season, and they really have gotten hot at the right time, all of those 2006 and seven Giants who went on that run. But uh, Detroit's pass defense has got to be on its game to stop Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and some of the weapons. But I think I, I do give – the edge to Detroit because I think I think Jared Goff is going to be super motivated. And Sean McVay has come out and said, hey, I know I screwed up shipping Jared Goff off. Uh, he deserved better. I can't wait for this game. Like you said, this has game of the week written all over it. Um, but I've I've been rambling long enough, sir. I see I give you the floor now. I give you the yeah. floor. But I, yes, I was I was indisposed for uh, for a few moments, but I need yeah. to because look look forty ounces of BCAAs before you go on is not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Along with in addition to our Invader coffee, which is going through my veins, <laughs> and yeah, uh, Detroit. I, I looked at the injury report and they said that Sam Laporta is questionable for today's Ooh. game. Uh, Dan it's Campbell said that he was slated to get some work in Friday's practice, so I think he's playing. I think he's playing. It would be I a huge so. loss. It would be a huge loss if the Lions miss out on Sam Laporta. But I think they have I think their offense is is well faceted enough that they can protect Jared Goff. 
I'm curious to see what Aaron Donald will do against this Detroit Lions offensive line. You know, yeah. I'm a look ex lineman, ex lineman myself. Uh, I'm always interested to see what happens in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, but it, it look, it's not just Sim Laporta. I mean, the Lions have a multitude of weapons. Devin Singletary, and that's Devin Singletary, uh, Robinson in the backfield. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, man, why am I Why on. am I screwing up? Well, they have uh, David Montgomery. David Montgomery. I'm David sorry, Montgomery. David, and David they, Montgomery. And then they also have Jameer Gibbs. The yep, rookie. Jameer, yep, Gibbs. Jameer so Gibbs. You have a two-headed, you have a two-headed uh, running back situation. You've got Amon St. Brown. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, I'm on, yeah. on Ross St. Brown. You've got Jimison Williams, who has been yes. incredible. Josh Reynolds, who is a very good third option. So this offense is going to be. This is going to be a big test for the Rams defense. Mm-hmm. A big test for the Rams defense to see if they can shut down Detroit, playing their first home playoff game in over thirty years today. Thirty yeah. years, and I remember what happened. I, I'm old enough. I'm an old. Older guy, I, I'm old enough to remember what happened in 1991 when Detroit played Dallas at home in the Silverdome, and Barry Sanders just went off, and Detroit ran over the Cowboys in that game. It's been 30 years, and that and Ford Field has been Detroit has been waiting, absolutely waiting for a chance to get back to the, into the playoffs, have a home playoff game. They have it today. That crowd's going to be loud. That crowd is going to be boisterous. They it and if the Rams can take the crowd out of the game early, they have a chance. They have a chance, especially with that running game, especially with Matt Stafford being. I think Matt Stafford's going to be motivated to to be back in Detroit, mm-hmm. be back where he had all that success back in the uh, back in the early two uh, the early twenty tens. Yeah, uh, coming back home, but I think Jared Goff is going to be even more even more motivated to to play in front of this crowd. My, one of my, uh, my other biggest eye on this game is what Aaron Glenn's going to do to offset. He's going to, how he's going to scheme this defense playing Puka Nakua and Cooper cup and having to yeah. deal with Kyron Williams. Yeah. That's going to be a very interesting matchup as well. And so yeah. I, I, it's, I think it's going to be a, this is going to be the best game of the, of the six wild card games. This is going to be the best one. This is what you want to have your eye on. Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That's I I rambled uh, much the same thing when I was in uh, when I had the floor there and I was talking, but you know, and then I went off on a tangent as I often do. But yes, this both of these teams have to figure out how to neutralize the other. But but uh, I think it's going to be great and. I don't know if it's going to be like this, but Ryan, do you remember the Monday night game from years past where it was Jared Goff was still on the Rams at this point? It was the Sean McFay. Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. 54 51, the highest Monday night game scoring game ever. Yeah, I remember. This, this to me, this to me has the potential. Now, I think both defenses are good enough to prevent this from happening. But this game to me kind of has the same potential to have the same feel because I think Stafford is good enough to get the to get the Rams scoring, get it get it moving. The Rams offense has proven that it is competent, 
And the Lions defense has proven that they have weapons and they are more than competent. And Jared Goff is going to be ready. So I feel like these two teams are going to be trying to one-up each other. And we and we both have immense respect for the head coaches of both of these teams. They're gonna have they're they're gonna have their teams ready to play and schemed well. So I, I just couldn't be more excited for this game. Yeah, me too. And the last game of the of, of wild card week, super wild card weekend. And I hate the fact that they play a Monday night playoff game, but you know it is what it is. And I think this has potential to be the biggest upset of the entire wild card weekend. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay Monday night, eight p.m. on ESPN uh, on the on the on the worldwide leader. Philadelphia is limping into this game, yes. literally and figuratively speaking. They're limping into this game. Tampa is what Tampa is. I mean, the the NFC South, the execrable NFC South. They went up winning that division. The, I think it's the fourth year in a row they've won this division. Um, then they didn't have to do it with an under five hundred record this year. So, <laughs> so there's that. But I think what I remember what Todd Bowles did in the weirdest Super Bowl ever back in what 2021 when they played Kansas City at home. The first the first home team to win a Win a uh, win a Super Bowl at their home stadium mm-hmm. in front of a partial crowd when it was, you know, back in the bad times, which I call them. Todd Bowles schemed the defense against 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 Kansas City. He yeah. took absolutely took everything. I mean, he, I mean, Kansas City moved the ball down the field, but they just couldn't score. They just couldn't score. I mean, the, the, Todd Bowles found a way to scheme his defense and not allow the chiefs to score as much as I give him crap about being a bad head coach. He's still a wonderful defensive mind. And I think Tim I think Tim base defense is going to give the Eagles fits the uh, Eagles offense fits. Now I want to see what big, how make Baker Mayfield on offense on offense. It's going to depend on how healthy he's coming into this game. I know he's got some bruised ribs. He hurt his, I don't know if his knee or his ankle, in the in the game last week against Carolina, but I think if they if they lean on that run game, which Philadelphia at the beginning of the season had the best rush had the best rush defense in the league, they got tore up a couple weeks ago when they faced Arizona, and they got <laughs> they allowed twenty four first half points against a very poor Giants offense last week in a game that they had to absolutely win to stay at pace. Yes with the NFC East race, uh, division race. I think Philadelphia is is weak, is becoming weak. Teams are starting to figure out Jalen Hurts. I think this is a prime opportunity for Todd Bowles to scheme his defense to say to Jalen Hurts, make us beat you. Make us beat you. And uh, Dustin, uh, uh, what's your thoughts on this game? I don't know if you would agree or disagree. But what's, what's your thoughts about this game? I I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I will say if this upset happens, Ooh, people could. And, people... It, sorry, sorry to interrupt oh, you. AJ yeah. Brown is out. For Ooh, this that's big. That's well, huge. Yeah. And it didn't. That's a huge blow to the Eagles. Huge. because, And that's the first thing I thought when he went down. In that game, I said, oh, boy, this does not look good. And, you know, he was he was down and he was holding his knee. I said, uh-oh. Um, 
But I will say there are two. The two biggest factors in this game to me are Todd Bowles, as you expertly laid out there. Todd Bowles, we could argue that he, much like uh, uh, Steve Spagnuolo, who we who we referenced earlier, not necessarily the greatest head coach, but a heck of a coordinator. But he is a head coach right now. But it's still, that defense has his fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the wild card because if he can find a way to shut down, do the old bend but don't break, because you know – even without A.J. Brown, Philadelphia has the weapons to move the ball. And you know Nick Sirianni is going to be tush pushing his way on fourth downs. He's going to be They're going to be doing it. They are the architects of that much-copied play now. Um, the brotherly shove. Always, uh, du- always replicated, never duplicated. Yes, yes. But – Ooh, I, I have I, – go, go ahead. Go ahead with your, what you were saying. I have a – but I have a prediction. Rice for Dumbass is going to make a – Oh, get the thunderclap. Get the oh, thunderclap oh, oh. ready. Thunderclap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> thunderclap's what I'm about to do. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Like your coffee flowing through. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but the other big wild card to me is Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield plays as well as he has for spots throughout this season, <laughs> Tampa Bay's got a chance in this game. Tampa yeah. Bay, for sure. If Baker Mayfield can get an early touchdown to Mike Evans, or you know, if Chris Godwin goes off, it could happen. I mean, it could happen. You yeah. you 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 pepper in some spot running from Rashad White, who Hasn't looked amazing this year, but he's done enough. You know, he can get he can get the running attack going. He could do it. And James Bradbury has had his problems this season for the for the uh Philadelphia Eagles at corner. So, you know, this is not a done deal as much as people think it is. I think this is the game that you mentioned that you thought that Pittsburgh and Buffalo could be closer than people think. This is the game for me where I said. Oh, this could be a close one. I think this is going to get the drop on people. Yeah, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I, I believe it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I know, I know early in the season we had Philadelphia and Tampa Bay on a Monday night, and Philadelphia absolutely took the Buccaneers to the woodshed. Uh, but that was in October, and mm-hmm. the Eagles have been on a slide since December. But here's my big prediction for this game. My prediction is that Todd Bowles has come up with a scheme to stop the tush push. Ooh. We will see what happens. I, I didn't quite catch what you said because the sound effect was still going. Oh, the th- <laughs> I just said we will see. We will see what happens. Rise for Domus strikes again? Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, folks, we're going to wrap things up here. But before we do that, we just want to remind you about our social media channels down here below, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. And please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels. We want to thank those of you who were watching the replay on Rumble and on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel. We appreciate you stopping by. You can leave comments down below as well. 
On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. Give us a five-star rating. That would be awesome. And also, also, if you have a platform where you can rate and review, oh, actually review, excuse me, we'll even review your, your uh, we'll even read your review on the air. And actually, let's visit the comment section before we go on. Uh, Sick Digging was asking what type of whiskey is in that blend uh, on Vader Coffee. I don't know. I suspect that's probably from a local shop or they or they make their own. Not really sure. And uh, uh, Sick also asks, wait, who's keeping an eye on Tagalog? My sister is. My sister is. <laughs> uh, Wonko says Brown, Browns Ravens might, in air quotes, also meet in a conference championship. Finns beat Chiefs, Browns beat Houston and Bills. Not betting a dime on it, but I want it on the record. Ooh. All right, so motioned, Waco. It's on the record. Should Let I should just... I break out should I break out the thunder cl- thunderclap for that? I mean thunderclap. Yeah, bla- break out the thunderclap. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. There's one close prediction. All right, there we go. All right, so some more comments before we leave. Uh, yeah, not betting a dime, but it's plausible. Just wanted that on the record early. It has been noted. Uh, writing six, it in minutes, ma- Wonko. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> six <laughs> says, what's the matter with Dustin? Was the meal that good? Did it hit the spot? That's <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, I haven't eaten a meal yet. Ooh, ooh. I have. I had a eggs and toast. Uh, mm. Wonko uh, goes on to say that beautiful Seattle soliloquy to start the show blows that burp out of the wa- water, Justin. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he asks, as for Josh Allen, will the Madden curse finally claim his carcass? I, I doubt <laughs> oh, oh. it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, Brother Josiah says, good morning, Ryan and Dustin. Good morning, Brother Josiah. And Wonko mm. says, thank you, guys. Hey, Wonko, thanks for stopping by. We, we appreciate you checking in on our show on a semi-weekly basis so uh yeah so we're gonna watch some we're gonna retire we're gonna watch some football so we're going to say so long and thank you for tuning in to no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we are presented by belly up sports in association with godzilla media again my name is ryan mccarthy i'm your i'm one of your co-hosts for justin henry we're out of here we're gonna watch some football and eat some pizza maybe drink some beer uh so We will see you on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. We're going to review the wild card. So, and next Saturday, we'll talk about the divisional round. But for now, we will talk to you guys again very soon. Good morning, everybody.